0: Welcome to the FC Podcast. My name is Stuart Taylor. In this episode of Team Challenge with Shedden Taylor. Shedden, how are you going?
1: I'm very well, thank you, mate.
0: We're now in August and we're looking at a player that you've chosen for your midfield, for Celtic, the team between 2010 and 2020. It's uh, certainly, we're certainly moving up the field, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting through it now. It's not long until we've uh, come to our full uh, squad, but at the moment you've chosen your your backline, you've chosen your keeper. You've chosen one midfielder, and now you've got to choose a second midfielder. You're playing a four-three-three. Sorry, I should say a one-four-three-three. <laughs> can you tell me who who is the player that you've chosen as your second midfielder?
1: Yeah, it's uh, our current commander-in-chief, Callum McGregor.
0: When you when you think about great Celtic players in that era, you really can't go past Callum McGregor.
1: Yeah, spot on, especially, um, you know, the later part of that uh, decade. He's been absolutely immense from the Brendan Rodgers era onwards, I'd say. He's just been a stalwart in the team, probably the first name on the the team sheet. Um, There was a period, even though Scott Brown was, you know, the last uh, month's member of the the eleven, and, um, you know, such a hero in terms of Celtic, but... Callum, when Scott Brown was injured throughout the last couple of seasons of his career at Celtic, Callum would step in to take that role. And I think when he played that deeper line, you know, deep lying playmaker position, um, he was just immense. His brain, his football brain, is just incredible. His vision, technique, um, leadership—that he's unbelievable. So I couldn't think of a better player to to put in this in this position. And when you talk about a, a suitable player, here is a player that started
0: in the Celtic Academy in 2001 and then made his first team or, or got into the first team in 2013, 2014. It's great to see young players growing from within.
1: Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, you know, we've had a, a couple come through. Um, not going to spoil any, but, you know, we've already mentioned Kieran Tierney. Uh, at the left back position, and he's, he's another academy graduate. Um, potentially, who knows, there might be another one or so uh, in future episodes, but it's a real testament to, to the youth set up at Celtic that we've got these iconic legends that really understand what it is like to play for the club, that come through as young boys and spend their entire career. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he stays at Celtic for his whole career.
0: And when you look at a player like Callum McGregor and him growing up through the academy and there being so many incredible players, he talks about his fondness of Tommy Burns because Tommy Burns was one of those people that had absolute belief in Callum McGregor, believed that he was going to be a professional footballer for Celtic. At the age of 13, he identified that. And Callum McGregor talks about how important that belief that someone like Tommy Burns had in him that drove him and motivated him to continually strive in the academy.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tommy was a special player, obviously, a Celtic legend, hero icon. Um, but so many of so many of these young players that came through and did, you know, a lot of learning under Tommy Burns in the youth setup, um, they all say the same thing about him, you know, that he was like – the one that really gave them the belief in themselves uh, to push on and um, even players that didn't quite make it at Celtic but have gone on to have, you know, good footballing careers speak so highly about Tommy Burns, so I'm not surprised to, to hear that.
0: So after a short loan to Notts County in 2013-2014 where he played with the likes of Jack Grealish, um, he then came into the Celtic squad proper And it was a 2014-2015 season where he actually made his debut in the Champions League. And not only did he make his debut in a Champions League, but he scored as well. I mean, as a Celtic kid, that's got to be
1: the thing that you dream of. What, What a debut, especially, you know, the fans... The Champions League is so important to the the supporters of the club, um, and for him to to make his first team debut in the Champions League, um, and then to to go on and score his first goal, it's what dreams are made of. Especially being a young boy coming through the academy, it's um, I don't you know if you were writing a Hollywood motion picture about something like this, that that would be in the script for sure.
0: And what's what's also in the script is that on the thirteenth of August two thousand and fourteen. Callum McGregor makes his debut in the Scottish Premier League against St. Johnson, and again he scores. Uh, a great start to a stellar career.
1: Yeah, and especially, um, you know, at that time he was he was just coming through and he was a really young and promising footballer, really technically gifted, a wand of a left foot on him as well. Yeah, that 14-15 season under Dyler which would have been a lot of really good young Scottish players in the team at the time. So it would have been a hard hard squad to break into. Yeah, it just shows that when he did have his opportunities, when he was presented the, the chance, he took it. And here he is to this day, you know, like you said, eight years down the track at the captain of the club.
0: 250 appearances, 36 goals, and he has an incredible history in the Scottish team as well. His national appearances starting from when he was under 15 in 2008 all the way through to his current representation. I mean, not only does he love playing for Celtic, but his love for Scotland and his love for playing for his national team is evident.
1: Yeah. He's a proud Scotsman. People that are proud of their nationality and and their club. Like it, it just says a lot about the person when they're willing to, you know, essentially die on the pitch for, for their beliefs of what, their club or country. Um, it just says a lot about his character. So, but he, he's incredible for Scotland as well. Um, you know, we've got Scotland's got a lot of big-name midfielders at other clubs around the world. And, and honestly, I don't think that they look as good with the other players in the, in the team as opposed to when Callum McGregor's in the midfield. You know, maybe Callum McGregor and John McGinn is a, is a really good duo. So, I mean, I digress because that's a full of soccer roos. But you know what I mean? Like, it's um, it's, yeah, it just says a lot about him as a player.
0: Shedon, I'm really interested to know when Scott Brown retired and the captaincy became available, did you see
1: Callum McGregor as the first and only choice? Yeah. Why is that? Well, you know, for the reasons we've mentioned previously, um, he came through the academy. He knows what it's like to to be a Celtic fan. Um, he knows what the club is all about. He's He's been around it for a long time. Um, managers have changed, but he's always managed to work his way into that, that starting 11. But his leadership on the field is so prominent. You can watch him, you know, like there's times where I, I, this is Arthur. He got his captaincy, but there was a time where we were playing against Rangers and um, there was uh, Barisic was uh, the Rangers left back. Barisic was, he, he had the ball and Callum McGregor was running to close him down and he just turned him, played a pass back. And um, Callum McGregor had just yelled in his face, shite bag. <laughs> like which you know <laughs> I don't know if you're going to edit that out but it just shows like the leadership you know he's just like up for a fight he's up for a battle and there's no better way to lead in what did he say again shite bag
0: <laughs> no, that, that's never going to be edited out
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'll I'll send you the clip um it's brilliant you know Barisic kind of like Calmex runs towards him and and then Cal, you know Barisic just turns and plays the ball back and then yeah Callum just yells in his face, shite bag. And, um, and it just shows, you know, he's, he's so up for a battle. And when you get into these really tense football derbies, like Celtic Rangers, um, having your captain, your leader, which is why Scott Brown was so iconic because he never hid in those games. Um, and Callum leads f- from the front. He's the, the perfect, you know, the sign that you see in the corporate offices where it's like yeah, there's a desk and then there's a, a you yeah, know, there's two images. One's a desk and there's like a, a reins that goes to the employees, like four people or whatever, and then there's the guy sitting behind the desk pointing and that's the boss. And then down below there's a desk with the reins and there's five people and it's the boss at you know at the front and it says leader. And it's such a perfect example of how Callum does it. Um he yeah, he, I, I don't know if he'd be the most vocal guy in the group, but he definitely leads on the field. Um, and, yeah, and he, he, yeah, he's a just great professional.
0: Shedden, for those people who don't speak the Scottish dialect or the language, <laughs> can you interpret what Callum McGregor was saying when he said
1: the word shite bag? Uh, basically coward, <laughs> I guess, you know, just, yeah, just scumbag, coward. <laughs> why, why don't you take me on? <laughs> I think
0: what he was saying is, uh, the decision you made to go backwards is not in line with the principles of play that we have established <laughs> as a team. And the next time you do this, I hope that you reconsider. Is that what he was saying?
1: Yeah, it must have been lost in the the, <laughs> the, the Glaswegian to, to Croatian translation. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah.
0: right. Hey, you know I always love to bring it back to development and trying to improve yourself. And I've got this really good clip uh, about Callum McGregor talking about what it takes to be uh, a a footballer, particularly from uh, you know, for young people who are aspiring to progress in their sports, this is what he's had to say. Let's have a listen, and then we can talk about it
2: afterwards. I think probably the one bit is I think you need to be prepared to work harder than anyone else. Um, I think you have talent; you can you can have all those things, but ultimately you, you have to be able to, to work as hard as you possibly can every day, and 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 have that mindset that you're going to work harder than everyone else because. Every player in the academy is a talented footballer. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's about then how you you mould yourself and, and guide yourself up the ladder and, and try and get yourself to the first team, and, and hard work's a huge, huge part of that.
0: So Shedden, there he was talking about what it takes in the academy. He has an incredible amount of experience. He was He started at the beginning of the academy time and all the way through to his professional career. What did you take
1: out from those comments? Again, it just says a lot about about his character, um, and it's so right. You know, how many times do you hear that that same sentence? It's you have to work harder. You need to want something more than the other person that you're competing with in order to get it. Um, and that's one of those you know things that you can actually control in your environment. So. Like you were saying, there's plenty, plenty of talented footballers at the academy. There's no doubt about that. But the thing that you can control is the effort that you put into something. So the energy that you actually put into something, that's what you can control directly. And most of the time, you know, people create their own luck. But training hard is such a perfect example of leadership, again, without having to be the most vocal about something. Um, being the best trainer every single day is it's infectious. It's, it, it's going to set such a great example that, you know, that's my leader. He, he works harder than everyone else. And I want to work as hard as him. And if any young people, you know, young kids that listen to this that are, are aspiring in any sort of athletics, um, just work hard, work harder, <laughs> you know, just, just put it in because if you don't tr- give everything you've got, if you don't actually try You'll always be left wondering um, whether or not you succeed in uh, in whatever it is you're trying to do, but it, just give it a really good, give it everything you've got, and then you know you can put your hand on your heart and say, "I tried, I worked hard, I worked as hard as I possibly could, and it didn't work out, or it did." Um, and like Callum's saying, "Work harder," and it and it's worked out for him. So it's uh, really great advice. Shedden, I just
0: want to play you a clip of Callum McGregor talking about the most special moment of his career so far. It shouldn't surprise you. This is the moment that he has chosen. Let's have a listen.
2: I've I've looked back. Um, I think probably lifting the the trophy as captain for the first time. Um, I think is probably the standout one. Um, I've had some some pretty good ones. I've, I've been a really fortunate boy to, to have so many highs um, so far in my career. But I think that that one probably just pips it.
0: You said lift, lifting the trophy as a captain. Can you understand why that would be so special for someone like Callum McGregor?
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Especially last season, you know, his first season as the captain, we were written off already. Uh, He's come into a vacant captaincy with a new manager, uh, with a new philosophy of football, you know, a a complete rebuild. And he's led to that from the front. He's, He's the captain of Celtic Football Club in the biggest rebuild we've had in my memory and not only you know we were written off we we hadn't won a game in the first three games and he has managed to you know along obviously with the talented squad that we have currently and our fearless manager Lord Postcoglu, but he's he's the man you know he, he broke his cheekbone he was still out there the next week you know with a mask on and he worked and worked so hard and you know hence the the shy bag so I can see why that would be so special to him, you know, feeling Scott Brown's just retired, absolute icon of the club, you know, the only captain he's ever known in his career at Celtic. And then he's been given massive boots to fill and he's done it effortlessly, you know, well, it, it appears effortlessly on the outside, but I'm sure he's worked incredibly hard to, to make that transition as incredible as it was and, and as seamless as it was. And, we were given no chance and he's captained the club that he supports and that we you know, we all support to, to the title in a season where we were written off. So it's a special moment for me and I didn't lift the trophy so I can understand why he thinks that that's the greatest moment of his career so far.
0: You make a good point when you raise Scott Brown being the only captain. How much influence do you think that Scott Brown had over Callum McGregor and the way he's a player and a captain?
1: Massive, you know. Um, Scott Brown it was notoriously the best trainer, and you know would always have that same attitude day in day out. Was the the consummate professional. Was if you were to model a professional footballer, you don't need the talent. You know, Scott Brown was known as a hard man of football, and but what he did was got in every single day, worked hard. You know, set, led by example, and and it's so. It kind of looks like when you see CalMac, it's like a you're watching a, a better-looking, more technical Scott Brown because it's it's um
0: <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Scott Brown's hair now? He looks pretty yeah. Now swerve. he's a
1: fleetwood. He's, yeah, he's gorgeous, isn't he <laughs> I I know. Know, he shaves it off. I was quite Maybe attracted to him. <laughs> but um <laughs> 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 yeah, management looks good on you, mate. Yeah. But um yeah, so you know, I I can understand why having a leader like him and someone that's obviously – because Bruni was always really good with the young academy boys as well. Um And it, it'd be hard not to to be inspired and learn from that, you know, the player that you eventually go on to replace, especially – because Cal Mack's been touted as the next captain for the last few seasons. So it makes sense that he would have been Bruni's understudy. And, and I think – um, I don't have any citations, but I, I think I remember uh, an interview where Scott Brown was saying that calmac's a future captain. So uh, I'm assuming that they've probably had this discussion uh, over the years and, and worked well together to, yeah, so that CalMac was ready when the opportunity presented itself.
0: In an interview, calmac was asked by an interviewer about his taking on the captaincy and looking back on his career and, you know, could he have imagined such a thing? And he made a really good comment in reflecting about
2: his journey. Let's have a listen. When you when you start out, I think that's where your mindset is in terms of this is where I want to get to. But, you know, I just remember being a young kid and, and loving playing football. That's all I wanted to do every two minutes of the day that I wasn't either at school or, or doing other things. Then I was playing football and that's all I can really remember is is that love for the game. And, and when this cup gave me the opportunity to do that, and and do it seriously, then, you know, I took it very seriously as well. So I think at that point that was really my motivating factor was to make as good an opportunity as this and and try and achieve as much as I possibly could.
0: I really like that message from Callum and I think it ties everything in together. You know, it's the dream of a young player. It's the determination and the commitment and the drive that then leads to an outcome, and then when you get it, you take your chance and you don't let it go. That describes the career of Callum McGregor so far.
1: Brilliantly summarized, mate. That was um, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> One more, can I say that's exactly that's exactly it. It's um, you know, he loved he loved the game so much as a young boy as as most of us do, but that's the difference. You know, he, he, he was he loved the game, and every other waking moment, he he was. Dedicating his life to the game, got given a, an opportunity and just never let it go. Because, um, you know, probably being in Scotland as a young lad, you, you probably see heaps of heaps of kids get the opportunity to go um, to professional academies from the big clubs in the top flight of the Scotland, and a lot of them probably don't. You know, there's probably a lot of what if stories around but he's not one of them because he, he didn't let go of his opportunity. He really worked hard, like I said, and it's a testament to the character. You can see that when you, when you think of Calum McGregor, you, you can, that's what I picture anyway, just hardworking, you know, get grafting, just get, get stuck in and, and it makes sense. You know, he got a, got given the, the opportunity and didn't let it go. I was
0: reading a book where a coach from, the NBA, one of the greatest coaches of all time, Pat Riley from the LA Lakers. And he said, what's the secret of becoming a champion? And he said, you need to be addicted to boredom. And I think there's that's that's very true in all sports. Yeah, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I guess what he means is that what, what, what Callum McGregor says there is that, you know, there's there's drive and there's determination and there's a dream but you've got to turn up every day and do those little things. You've really got to push yourself hard to do the things that people get tired of doing. You know, do you want to go out with your friends and have a, you know, or a party or do you want to go to bed early and do you want to get up in the morning and train on those technical issues or technical things that you could probably get away with for a little while if you didn't do it. But the champions are addicted to the process, I guess, addicted to, refining their art to the nth degree, and and he refers to it as being addicted to boredom.
1: Yeah, I guess that I've never thought of it that way. Uh, Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so true. You know, that's what it takes. It takes the turning up day in, day out, doing the same things, the repetition, and being addicted to it, like you said. And for some, that is boring, but not to people who succeed.
0: I guess my, my final question before we get into the important part, Shedden, is could Ange Postecoglou have asked for a better captain
1: No of, co- of course not there's no way I think I think Ange would say that himself I think if you were to ask Ange at the end of his career who, who his best captain was um uh, you know it's definitely going to be Callum um and not Matt Mackay. so uh, <laughs> Matt Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Callum is incredible so I, I don't. I don't think there'd be a better player or captain to to be at the helm for a manager like Ange Postacoglu to come in. Who you know may not have got the ideas at the start, you know, or when a manager comes in and, and brings a philosophy or a style of play as like like Ange does. So it's probably a lot different to the way that it was being done under Lenny. Callum's the captain. That's not going to be. You know, there might be older captains in, in world football that would sort of a chip on their shoulder like oh, I've been here longer you know like who's this new guy like well I don't think that that's the right way to play um again to go back to to Lucas Neal uh, the famous Pim Verbeek, Lucas Neal uh Lucas Neal apparently uh allegedly actually declaring what they were going to do in the dressing room after Pim Verbeek left but that's not what a manager needs out of his captain he needs his right hand man he needs someone that is going to to implement his philosophy and his style of football and attitude, and if you're a manager, you your closest relationship with the players would be with the captain. You know that's the, the player that you would have probably the most discussions with, especially with Ange. He's a pretty reserved guy, uh, by all reports. He doesn't really like to get amongst players. It's they're the players, he's the manager. He kind of keeps that division. And uh, but I'm assuming that Callum would be the player that he, you know, his earpiece or the the, the person that he's really. Uh, having a, a close knit relationship to, or closer than the other players, um, to really enforce that style of play throughout the whole squad, and, and I think Callum would really just grab that and run with it. So, do you know what time yeah. it is? I don't know what time it is.
0: Do you know what it's time for?
1: What's what's, what's the time? It's <laughs> we do it every
0: time. <laughs> it's time for the FIFA challenge. Oh no! <laughs> you forget every time. I know it's been it's been <laughs> forty odd days. Shedden, are you ready for the FIFA challenge? Yep, let's do it. My favourite. I've chosen the FIFA 19 rating card. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Pace? 76. Dribbling? 78.
1: Shooting? 72.
0: Defending? 58. Passing? 80. Physicality? 70. All right, let's go and have a look. Let's see how we've gone here. I'm feeling good. For pace, you said 76. Uh, The statisticians said 80
1: oh wow he's quicker.
0: Yeah well and for dribbling you said 78 and they said 77 so that's a pretty spot on okay for shooting you said 72 they said 68. okay
1: do you agree? I mean long shots no if, if that was if that's what they've said for long shots I disagree but
0: well let's look at that let's let's break it down okay So positioning he's been given a lot finishing he's been given 70. he's marked down for volleys and penalties.
1: I'm just trying to think when was last. No, he's a good penalty taker. I don't know why they've done that.
0: Yeah, they've put him in the red. said he's he's a shite bag. <laughs> 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 and taking penalties. Yep. So defending, you said 58. They said 56, pretty good. Damn. Okay. Now passing. This is interesting. You said 80. Yep. They said 71.
1: Wow. That's that's way out. Yeah,
0: he scored the lowest. Well, they're, they're pretty much around all around that, but his his crossing and free kick accuracy are his lowest attributes.
1: Really? That's a little bit bizarre because he started out as a, a winger, um, so his crossing's quite good. And there's a particular cross, um, I don't know if you remember it, but he played this incredible ball to um, Mikel Lustig for, to him, for him to do yeah. a diving header, and it was unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Well, I guess they're the, saying if they're he did it properly – Lustig wouldn't have had to dive.
1: <laughs> They're wrong. It was style points. So, yeah, the- that,
0: that's right. Well, I, was, I, I actually I think that there is an algorithm and I've worked out if you add all those numbers up, divide it, and then I think you come up <laughs> with that the FIFA statisticians are shite bags. So yeah,
1: <laughs> pretty sure that's what it comes out to. Yeah, it's- no, that does. You know what? The math checks out there.
0: I think if you do it on a calculator and turn it upside down, upside that's what you get. <laughs>
1: You turn the five into an S right back.
0: <laughs> do you remember that shedding back in the day? Yeah, I do. Very, very clever when you could write boobies on boobies. The <laughs> so, so for physicality, you said 70 and they said sixty-nine. Okay, I'm pretty close. I think mean, have that's pretty good, I reckon. So it's interesting is that his stamina is right up high, like it's at ninety, and his strength is at sixty-four. And the poor five foot 10 kid uh, has got 43 for jumping. Is he 5'10? Wow. Yeah, I think, let me just check that. Um, yeah, he's 178 centimeters.
1: He's tiny. Yeah, right. I mean, the, y- you're a tall man. <laughs> We're talking all of 172 centimeters of shedding. He's tall. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a tall guy. <laughs> he's a tall man in my eyes. I'm looking up to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> he's, he's, he's tiny. He's, oh, he's, don't mind he's, me. I'm just a child.
0: He's short when you compare him to normal adult humans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Something in the water up in Harvey bow I swear.
0: It must be, must be indeed. You were short
1: when you moved up there, I remember.
0: <laughs> Shedden, what do you think about the FIFA stats? Uh, they're
1: pretty accurate? Uh, no, they're, they're not accurate. I was just trying to reflect my decisions on how bad I know them to be. So- <laughs> If it was me, he's nineties of everything because he's class. He is class, and the one thing that they don't
0: put in FIFA stats, which I think is missing, is presence and vision. And he would score so well on those two things. It's interesting in in talent identification. They often talk about you know the skills and the attributes, but also the ability to see the game, the vision. Yeah. And and, yep. and the presence you have on the game, and Callum McGregor, for all of his five foot ten tiny stature, <laughs> he's he, he is a he is a giant on the field.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, like I was saying earlier. You know, he reads the game so well. It seems like he's you know three moves ahead of the the, the play. Um, for every transition, he seems to be there, and he's so versatile as well. Uh, you know, so again, talking about his presence. It doesn't matter where he is or where he's playing on the pitch. His vision just lets him excel. So he reads the game so well. He has such a a brilliant understanding of the game and whoever manager that he's playing for at the time, what they're asking of him. So I remember so clearly there was a game where he played left back um, for Brendan Rodgers, and he was the best player on, on the park. And, it's um. It just it's a testament to how well he reads the game and, and the presence. You know how much of a difference he can make. How much of a you know. Like, like you said the presence he has on the pitch even from a position that's not his natural one. It's uh. It says a lot about him as a footballer.
0: Absolutely, Shedden. Thank you. I think that's a good way to finish it. We're 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 into our last midfielder, Shedden. Have you already picked your next Tom Rogic? I mean midfielder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, he was the first name on my team sheet, but we just had to start at the back. So, of course. All right. Well, the, I won't tell one... anyone
0: except I'm going to put this in this podcast because everyone in the world would know that Tom Rogic's got to be the next uh, person you've selected, surely.
1: Yeah. Thomas Peter Rogic. So he's, uh, he's your favorite. He's my favorite. Um, don't know where he is at the moment, but I love him nonetheless, so. I think he's
0: upstairs making a peanut butter sandwich. I can call him down if you like. <laughs> yeah, can you get him? <laughs> His agent's
1: been contacting me for weeks trying to get him a club.
0: <laughs> That's right. I Man, he's probably just chilling out, going to the beach, and enjoying life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this is a CalMac pod, but did you see that photo of uh, one of the One Direction guys at the Sydney airport? <laughs> and Tom yes! Rogers in the background <laughs> walking past.
0: <laughs> you know what I want to do? I got that and I thought, I've so got to get him – and put him in every single photo I can find. Like have him at an
1: Iron Maiden concert. <laughs> Iron Maiden concert <laughs> just behind Bruce yeah. Dickinson, just yeah, walking, just, by. Just you walking know by. You know what's sort of funny about that? Um, what's the guy's name? Louis? Uh, yeah, Louis. Right. So Louis, he um, he played at Celtic Park for Celtic in a, in a testimonial. I think it was the Cillian Petrov of testimonial, or um, and he played at Celtic Park. As, for Celtic in this charity match, um, and then you know years later, there's a photo. Tom Tom was at the club at the time, so they've never really met. Um, but you know, so like it's crazy to years later at Sydney Airport, <laughs> Tom's just walking past as a photo gets taken of this guy um, when they've got a bond with Celtic Football Club. So
0: I think you've an um- unearth the truth shed and I think that uh, Tom Roggick is acting as a roadie for um, <laughs> yeah, for, for Tomlinson <laughs> I
1: was wondering <laughs> what the big 1D yeah. on his bag was for that's right yeah mean, his
0: seat. He had gaffer tape on his side you know he's ready to <laughs> rock and roll and uh, apparently and the rumor goes and I'm going to put it out there now is that he's uh he's doing it so he's ready for when One Direction actually reunite and he'll be the lead he'll be the lead roadie for the One Direction concert that's why he's gone underground I
1: mean that's it well, they're gonna to have to, they're gonna have to, you know, rebrand and change the name from one direction to every direction because if they've seen my man Tom Rogic turn, yeah. there's no direct, no direction is safe from him with a football at his feet.
0: Shedden, thank you so much for joining me on the FC podcast. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you at length about your next midfielder, uh, Tom Rogic, and uh, and hearing who you've chosen, Tom Rogic, uh, in the <laughs> next episode. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. About Tom Rogge. Yeah, that's it. Cheers, mate. Shenton, thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. Thank you.